Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project, a podcast by Jay Harrington and Tom Nixon, exploring how lawyers can turn expertise into thought leadership and thought leadership into new business. Welcome to the Thought Leadership Project. I'm Jay Harrington. Here with you today with a solo episode, and I'm going to be talking about a topic that many of our listeners are interested in, which is LinkedIn, and in particular, creating content on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is the platform that has helped me to unlock new ideas, opportunities, and most importantly, new relationships. And I've been posting now for more than three years, which is kind of hard to believe, Um, posting every day, I should add, um, or nearly every day. And in this episode, I want to quickly distill and share with you Um, content lessons I've learned along the way, which I hope will be helpful to you on your own journey, whether you're just getting started or you're someone who's already been creating quite a bit of content on the platform. So let's dive in. So the first lesson is consistency is critical. Posting consistently is what has allowed me to build a writing habit, learn what my audience wants and, and doesn't want, frankly, Uh, faster and faster. So really creating a feedback loop with my audience that becomes more valuable over time. And it's what keeps me top of mind with lawyers and legal marketers, who are the people that I'm trying to reach to accomplish my underlying business objectives. So consistency is critical in order to kind of build trust, uh, stay top of mind, create awareness with an audience, and again, understand what your audience wants and get better at creating content that serves that audience. You don't have to post every day. I mean, that's been what I've been doing, but it doesn't mean that has to be your practice. Every day isn't synonymous with consistent. So it might be a couple times a week, a few times a week. That's okay. That certainly can serve your purposes and your objectives. Um, But I will caution you that it's hard to disappear for extended periods of time and to grow a following. Okay, second lesson, content compounds. And what we're talking about here is compounding in the way that uh, financial investments compound, where the more you kind of invest back the principal um, and the interest that you earn into the principal, the more that investment account grows over time. And I think audience growth on LinkedIn, at least in my experience, has a compounding effect. Um, it's, It's sort of slow and steady incremental at first, and then at some point, it takes off. Um, in, in my own experience, it was during maybe a 12 to 18-month period of time after I started posting nearly every day that things really started compounding and taking off. Um, and I think that reason that was the case was because it took that amount of time to really um, start to cultivate uh and understanding of what my audience really wants and and my ability to deliver content that they wanted um, became more honed and and, and more uh, effective. So I think you'll find that same thing uh, if you build a consistent LinkedIn posting habit. Um, the problem that I've seen in the past is that sometimes people are expecting results to come too quickly. And so they give up, oftentimes right maybe before that compounding was start going to start taking effect. So stick with it. Next lesson, when a piece of content works, try to understand why. So when you're creating content and something seems to be an outlier post in terms of engagement, try to reverse engineer why that was the case. 
And do the same with other people's posts. Maybe other people in your space who are appealing to the same type of audience, study what they're doing. I can almost guarantee you there's some commonalities between posts that are creating a lot of engagement. And, and you have to spot what those patterns are and kind of connect those dots. It might be you know, the format. It might be the topics. Uh, it might be the, the tone and style of how they're writing, formal versus casual or vice versa. Um, I can't tell you what those uh, exact parameters or the exact dots that are connecting with the audience you're trying to reach. But certainly there are some things, some best practices and principles that most high engagement posts have that you should study and understand. One of them would be something like a hook, right? A strong hook, an attention grabbing first sentence where it stops someone from scrolling and um, entices them to engage with the rest of the post. That's kind of a, you know, that's it's almost like a, a non-negotiable uh, when it comes to high engagement content. Um, but look, look for other things as well. Your posts and your performance in terms of engagement and reach with your content will improve over time to the extent that you're reverse engineering and studying why content works. Okay, next lesson, be known for something by someone and also write for someone, not everyone. So these are related concepts. I kind of wanted to group them into one category, but um, you, you need to make clear in your LinkedIn activity, in your profile, your about section, um, in terms of everything you're doing on the platform, as to who who you're hoping to reach and attract and you're creating content for. Make it easy and frictionless for them to understand why they should uh, click the follow button and pay attention to what you're posting on the platform. Um, and over time, make sure to stay on topic. Uh, you can, uh, over time, again, as things start to compound, become the go-to professional, uh, the go-to thought leader in your category by doing this. Um, and the only way that's going to happen, though, as I alluded to, is that you're writing for someone, not everyone. So don't try to write for the masses. Don't worry about, you know, if someone else is growing their audience faster, there might there very well might be um, something they're doing differently that's not necessarily consistent with what your goals are on the platform, such as you know, creating the type of uh, sort of click worthy a generally appealing content that you know again generates a lot of impressions and a lot of likes but isn't necessarily growing a you know a concentrated amount of people within a particular niche audience um so rather than in writing for the masses like that envision your ideal client and write only for that person every day by doing so, your message will be sharper, your ideas will be more contextualized and relevant, and you'll feel less pressure to please everyone. So forget everyone, start writing for someone. Okay, next lesson, build content systems. So what we're talking about here when we're talking about systems is what are the processes, what are the habits that you're going to put in place such that you can sustain a content creation effort on LinkedIn over an extended period of time. So I'll just talk about my own system, some, some of the key pillars of that. And then, you know, I'll leave it to you to develop your own based on what works for you. But for me, these are these are the categories that matter in, in terms of systems. So consuming great content. Um, you know, my my quality of my content is um is directly 
correlated, and I would say there's a causational aspect to this, as to the quality of the content I'm consuming at any given period of time. So when I'm reading a great book that's just really I'm engaged by, um, it's chock full of, of great ideas, naturally my LinkedIn content is going to be better as a result. Um, and that goes for the podcast I'm listening to and frankly, um, the the people I'm following on social media as well. So whether that be on Twitter or LinkedIn, I try to uh, you know, put some effort into really uh, curating a good uh, good audience of of people to follow uh, myself, and that really helps inform and inspire the content I'm creating. Um, then have a means for capturing ideas. You know, I don't. I'm not great at this. You know, sometimes I'm still just writing an email to myself with li post in the subject line, just because whatever. I just an, an idea occurs to me and I need to jot it down real quickly. So I don't have a perfect system in this regard, but I do make sure one way or the other, whether it's in a journal, on a sticky note, uh, in an email to myself, um, I do have you know, some formalized system that I try to stick to, but I'm always cognizant of immediately capturing an idea that comes across my mind. Um, and I will, I will capture that because otherwise it's fleeting, it's gone. And I'll come back to that later. And if it still resonates with me, I'll write about it. And then my ability, uh, I've talked about this before, but to post every day on LinkedIn is enabled and empowered by my ability to write posts in batches. So I'll write several posts at a time in one sitting, ideally trying to get into a flow state with my writing. And that's what enables me to create a greater amount of content in a shorter period of time. So I'll, I'll refer back to probably my favorite quote from James Clear and Atomic Habits. You don't rise to the level of uh, your goals, you fall to the level of your systems. Okay, next idea, next lesson. Um, consume content to collect ideas, write to connect them. So this is related to that first pillar of my system about creating, uh, consuming great content. Um, and that's, that really is, again, enabled by the ability to consume good content. So in, in my case, what I'm doing and what I think uh, probably the, the content that I create that is most interesting to most people and perhaps gets the most engagement is based on trying to read broadly. Um, not, I'm not reading marketing books. I'm not reading business development or sales books, you know, the types of things that I do in my professional life. I'm reading biographies. I'm reading history. I'm reading about sports, economics, like all kinds of fiction, all kinds of different um, varied interests and topics. And what I'm trying to do is find interesting ideas within those books, a lesson from someone, how someone became, you know, a great tennis player and see how I can translate that idea into, you know, a lesson for, for lawyers. Um, so that's, that's what I mean when I say, you know, reading broadly, I think zooming out in that way um, is a, what allows you to zoom in with your content and create something that's just not a rehash of what everyone else is saying. Okay, next lesson, be clear, not clever. I think the writing that really resonates on LinkedIn tends to follow the same script. It, for one, strikes a conversational tone and is written in the first and second person. Two, it suits how people read, which is scan on, on their phones and their attention span. So they're short. So if you if you write the way people read, short attention spans, um, scanning on their phones, you'll be better off. Uh, you'll be more likely to capture 
um, their attention. Uh, and then it gets to the point again, related point where it's, it's not burying the lead. It's not this long drawn out process where it's kind of leading up to the, the benefit at the end of the post, put that benefit right up front, engage people, um, be clear. Don't try to be clever with your content. Uh, don't try to be cute. Just get to it, grab their attention, help them get some valuable nugget of wisdom from your content right away and they'll come back for more the next day so um keep it simple that's what people want on linkedin next lesson don't compare yourself to others easiest way in my opinion to get distracted and discouraged is to start comparing yourself to what other people are doing on the platform so you know just pick pick a pick an objective pick an approach, stick with it, and kind of put blinders on to what other people are doing. Otherwise, if you don't, if you become really um, transfixed on what other people are doing, you might be bouncing from approach to approach and never really get to gain traction in the first place. Um, now, that being said, uh, you might be thinking, well, isn't that uh, sort of a contradiction to what uh, I said earlier about studying the approach and reverse engineering the approach of of other people on the platform who are creating content that's really uh, hitting a core, striking a chord with your audience. Well, that that's there's always an exception to every rule, right? So I'm what I'm talking about is really having a clear understanding as to why you're studying and sort of comparing your approach to certain people who you admire and who you who you aspire to be on the platform. I think that's great. You should be doing that. You should be modeling what you're doing after high performers who are doing it right. Um, just don't fall victim to, you know, just all of the intention grabbing and uh, attention seeking and and sort of, you know, quick, uh, quick strike content that's really not uh, going to be in line with what you're trying to do from a business objective standpoint. Um, lesson number 10, it's okay to be repetitive. So once you get a sense of what really starting to resonate with your audience, stick with it. It's okay. And it's frankly advisable to be repurposing your content as you go, even re reposting some of your content verbatim. I certainly do that. Um, created content over a three-year period of time and my audience has grown significantly. Like, it would be a total missed opportunity if I had written a post that really resonated with my audience of 3,000. Um, if I wasn't going to repost that content verbatim now that I have an audience of over 26,000 uh, followers, right? So don't be afraid to be repetitive. Um, and what you're really trying to do, and this is where the audience feedback loop that you're developing comes in, is you're trying to gain that understanding of what your audience wants. So you're narrowing the scope and the lens in terms of the type of content you're creating, the ideas that you're sharing. You're really focusing in on what your audience wants more of. So rather than just trying to come up with endless ideas on a broad set of topics for your audience, um, narrow in on the five ideas that seem to consistently resonate and find a hundred different ways to talk about those issues. Um, that to me is how you start to really create something that your audience finds valuable and um, they come back for more of. Next lesson, create boundaries. So this is just a ca cautionary note which is that it's easy to get caught up tracking your views, likes, comments, and follower growth on LinkedIn. And that can be really distracting and even harmful for many people. 
LinkedIn's great, but make sure to get off the platform as much and, and way more than you're getting on it. Um, create your content, engage a little bit with other people's posts. That's valuable and important as well. And then get off to preserve your time and attention for what really matters. So really what this boils down to is don't go on and just mindlessly scroll on the platform. Have a have a specific objective as to how you're using LinkedIn. Use it as a tool. Don't use it as a as a something that's not uh, just a, a mindless distraction for you throughout the day. And then final lesson: um, make sure over time to try to be intentional about turning some number of followers into friends. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, this is really an opportunity to engage with people and develop relationships with people who you would probably never have an opportunity to get to know and bump into in person, um, but for the engagement and the the work you're doing on, on LinkedIn. So um, that certainly has been the best part of my LinkedIn journey, which has been making so many great friends on the platform, even though most of whom I've still never met in person in the real world. Um, but I've gotten to know them more through Zoom calls or phone, phone calls or various collaborations. And that's been really valuable, not only for business, but also just to you know develop more meaningful relationships with more people. So followers are great. Friends are even better. Okay, that's it for today. Um, just a few quick tips to help you optimize your time spent on LinkedIn. So one quick request before we go, uh, if you enjoy this podcast, um, it would be really helpful. And I'd ask you to just take a few moments and leave us a review um, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts and subscribe to the show. This really helps to make the show more visible to others. And we would really appreciate it. So thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode. Thank you for listening to the Thought Leadership Project. For show notes, additional resources, and links to the tools discussed on today's episode, visit thethoughtleadershipproject.com.